0: You're listening to the Painkiller Podcast. Cathy is gardening. Or at least she's pretending to. The truth is she's looking for something. Something she doesn't necessarily want to find. Gardening is sex. Ramming a spade into moist earth. Cleaving turf, thrusting deep. Bisecting worms is positively erotic. The wild raspberry canes draw red scratches on my bare arms. Normally I'd curse God. I'd delve into my urban dictionary for the most graphic and unladylike profanity. But not today. Today I am at peace. I am at one with nature. So I just smile to myself and gently rub my arm. Nick's waving from the kitchen window 40 feet away pointing to a bottle of Prosecco. So I give him a thumbs up and open my hands to indicate, Ten minutes! Nearly finished. Just need to turn over this patch of untidy, neglected ground beyond the rockery, and I'm done. To a casual observer, I'm gardening. But I'm not really a gardener, and this isn't my garden. A dream's why I'm here not one of my usual dreams of endless escalators or escape tigers or naked Zoom meetings. It was simply a much younger me, in the garden of my childhood home, digging a deep, deep hole. Digging a grave? Night after night, week after week, that same damn dream invaded that uncertain space between sleep and, well, not asleep... Each time a bit of detail was added, the pattern of a woollen cardigan, a barking dog, the spicy scent of what was it? Oh yes, rhododendron. And that kept gnawing into my mind as I lay there at three o'clock in the morning, and it made me wonder what if it isn't a dream? And if not what? A fantasy? A plot line? A long repressed memory? How was I supposed to tell the difference? I mean, my teenage years weren't the most stable and my recollection of that time is shot to pieces. Deliberately so, and chemically assisted. But surely it's impossible for a girl, a gawky 13 or 14-year-old girl, to murder someone, bury them, and forget all about it for 25 years. Of course it is. Oh, is. Don't be a stupid bitch, Cathy. Move on. Couldn't move on, though. The dream wouldn't let me. Clung on as stubbornly as this tree root. In my world, logic always trumps fantasy. It's my strength. There's nothing that can't be solved by cold, hard logic. And a list. First principle, a grave needs a body. So I headed a sheet of paper with People Kathy Bradshaw could have conceivably murdered. Three hours later and I'd whittled 37 candidates down to just two. Lucy Carter and Keith Slugol Slade. A thorough check of all the usual social media channels failed to unearth any sign of them. Lucy was my best friend. She was petite and beautiful. Certainly beautiful enough to hate and easy enough to murder. But she had waist-length blonde hair. If a blonde 13-year-old girl had mysteriously disappeared, it wouldn't have snuck in under the radar. To be famous, a national tragedy. They'd still be making Channel 5 documentaries about her. I could cross out Lucy's name. Just one left. Now, nobody would have missed Keith. In those days, every street had its own simpleton, and Keith was ours. There'd have been no Crime Watch appeals or candlelight vigils for poor old Keith, bless him. That made him my victim most likely. But although Keith was just 17, he was built like the Incredible Hulk. The hyperthyroid Hulk. Each one of his legs was as thick as that tree trunk over there. And even if I physically could have killed him, there's no way I'd have been able to move that body. Just imagine how massive the fucking hole would have to be. I'd have needed a JCB. Cross-slug all off the list, declare the investigation complete and close the case. I burnt the list just to be sure. It was over, except it wasn't over. The dream kept visiting, but embellished with visions of ripe red raspberries and knotted wooden fencing. On the following nights, they were joined by a smell, rancid, like a neglected salad drawer. To finally put this to bed, I was going to need irrefutable empirical evidence. So now, here I am. And here I dig. Step one was to check out the territory. In one minute and 22 seconds, I'd pulled up my childhood home on a property website. Fuck me! The price! Seven fucking figures! Just think, half of that could have been mine. If Dad hadn't tried to overtake that transit van on a blind bend, and if Mum hadn't gone do lally and drunk herself into repossession, and if Big Brother Dan had stuck around to help rather than going permanently AWOL, then I'd be rich. Fuck my luck! And breathe. Sure, someone had added a generous extension and created a delightful kitchen diner with a large picture window to flood the room with natural light. But otherwise, it's still home. Crucially, not too much work had been done outside. The peach tree and rhododendron bush had gone, but otherwise the back garden was still recognisable. Was that a relief? I mean, any landscaper worth their salt would have uncovered a shallow grave. Wouldn't they? Time for step two turning from online stalker to IRL. So I staked out the house from the anonymity of my Citroen Saxo. I watched the current owner walking his kid to the infant school. My old school. He's got a 5 or 6 year old boy and he's carrying a baby in a papoose. He's a modern dad. After a week of distant observation, I was ready to make my approach and strike up conversation at the school gates... His name's Nick. He's a graphic designer, stroke stay at home dad, and his partner's called Graham. Very cosy. Very new age. Of course, Nick's a polite guy, and so he asks about me in return. I've decided to minimise the lies. No, I haven't also got a kid at the school. True. I'm on a nostalgia trip, revisiting my childhood haunts. Sort of true. I'm a writer. Semi lie. And part-time, well shall I say, archaeologist? Oh no, don't be a twat, Cathy. Gardener. Complete lie. For once, in my sad life, my stars align. Not only does Nick swallow my cover story, but get this, they need some work done on their garden. Slam dunk! Six minutes later, I'm in his garden, my garden, the garden, and faster than you can say Japanese knotweed, I've got the gig. Time for step three and another list. I calculated I could fulfil my mission in just three days. Day one, Monday, get Nick and Graham's confidence that I'm a real gardener. Day two, Tuesday, survey likely burial grounds. Day three, today, serious excavation. Then I can disappear forever, back to the welcoming bosom of my online gaming community, curiosity satisfied, compulsion quashed. But I make a truly astonishing discovery. I love gardening. It touches me. It's worth every penny of the £318 I spent on tools at B and Q. I've never felt so untroubled, so in the zone. My world has become smaller, yet impossibly large. Every bumblebee seems to have a purpose. Every flower has ambition. I hear real birdsong and smell the sweat of freshly watered soil. Even my new enemy, Bindweed, has a rightful place in this universe. And Nick and Graham are a delight. Witty, loving and supportive. They ask enough about my personal life to show interest, but not so much that I have to get overly creative. Hell, even their kids are kind of cute. The first evening they insist I share drinks and nibbles with them on the patio. Yesterday they invite me to dinner me invited to dinner and it was just the best time ever we laughed and played board games and got a bit drunk and well this is the tops as i'm saying my farewells on the doorstep graham gives me a big hug and says how they were worried about being isolated in their new home and they're so glad to have made a new friend a friend i am nick and graham's real life friend Last night, the dream was finally gone. I slept a deeper and more satisfied sleep than I can ever remember. So there you have it. After just three days of gardening, I've literally woken up and smelt the roses. This is where I want to be from now on. Down at soil level, conversing with bugs, bloodletting to brambles, in bed with sister nature. I'm transformed. My muscles ache, but this time the pain is earned and relished. And most crucially, the rage has subsided. Time for a new me. It's not too late, is it? I could go to college and study horticulture. Buy a small van. Make this my vocation, my life. And what a life it'll be. Finish this patch and I'll be on my way. OK, Nick. I'll be with you in two secs. Just one last spadeful. What the... Shit. You've been esteemed to The Dig by Stephen Condor starring Hannah Stokely. The Dig was directed by Evangeline Cullingworth with sound design by Marcus Rice. It was produced by Hugh rice and Max Elton. Through the Painkiller Project, Bitter Pill has been collaborating with emerging playwrights since April 2020. Visit our website, Bitter Pill Theatre, or follow us on Twitter for updates of upcoming submission windows. If you would like to support the work we do, please consider pledging to our Patreon to make a donation that would be repeated each time a new play is released. Alternatively, you can make a one-off donation through PayPal. Any donation made would mean the world to us. For more information, follow the links in the description. You can also support the project by sharing it with your friends and giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening.